Greetings, everyone. This is Jenny Whittington, Ermia's Executive Director, and we're here again doing Ermia Matters. Today, I have a wonderful guest with me, Ellen Shu Holland. Ellen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jenny. It's great to be here. So I love to start off the show by just giving a little bit of history about your relationship with Ermia and your history with higher education risk management. And I had a thought about you earlier today. I remember, I believe it was the very first Ermia conference I went to in Charleston, and you introduced me to Steve Holland from University of Arizona yes. as as either your brother or your cousin or a family member. And I didn't know either of you well enough to know how funny that was. <laughs> We've had a lot of fun with that over the years. So Ermia provides an annual uh, family reunion. Definitely. So yeah, give me a little bit of history on how you got involved. I ended up literally temping my way into risk management at Georgetown University when I was making a career change and said I would stay until I got a real job 10 years later at Georgetown and having been involved with Ermia from the listserv that Larry started. I ended up uh, becoming director of risk management at University of Denver, where I made the mistake of asking Larry, how can I help? <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> Before I knew it, I was uh, a secretary on the board for a couple of years and then uh, ran a couple of times to get on the board. When I got on the board, ended up becoming president a couple of years later. We happened to be going through strategic planning at the time. And that was a great influence in my life in terms of my interest in strategy. And Ermia provided a great sounding board to learn a lot in that area. And yeah. we hired you and it was, we've done very well ever since, I think. So, yeah, that what a great story you have. And I, I know that you have a little bit of a Hoosier connection. And so speak a little bit to that. Yeah. I'm from a farm in Indiana. And my family still farms north of Terre Haute, Clinton, Indiana. And I'm a Purdue University grad in agricultural economics, which, believe it or not, econ prepares you very well for this world. Yeah, definitely. Well, we've always had that little camaraderie being both mm -hmm. affiliated with the great state of Indiana and then the little yes. competitiveness between Indiana University and Purdue University. I'm so happy to have you with me today. So I know when we started talking about you being on the podcast, we had talked about talking about cyber. Mm -hmm. And then we were also going to talk about different things that are going on into in risk management right now. So I know we got to obviously talking about COVID because um, big topic these days, and we've been super busy here at the Ermia National Office um, preparing for the, the virtual conference, which mm -hmm. has a lot of COVID embedded into every, yes. each and every session probably. I think when we even when we started talking about the conference, we didn't know how much influence it was going to have. But as it turns out, it, it influences pretty much everything. <laughs> Yes. So I wanted to ask you, how has COVID-19 affected the role of the risk manager, in your opinion? From those risk managers I've spoken with in the higher ed industry and outside of it, we feel, several of my colleagues and I feel that really there's going to be a greater lens put on the risk management profession as a result of covid there are many things coming up that people may not have recognized in terms of the policy exclusions to having a good, solid business continuity plan ready and able to go, even though this is certainly a pandemic of unique proportions, and we hope never to see it again. But 
I think that there will be a greater lens on risk. There'll be a greater lens on strategy and a greater lens on preparedness. Yeah, I think you are absolutely right. I think this is a great opportunity for our members. And I, I think that's been the theme over the last six months is I think this is a great time for our members to showcase their skill set. They have a different vantage point than I think that they ever have in a good way, I would like I would like to think. <laughs> yes. um, I'm sure it's been very stressful for many people because just this whole pandemic has been mm-hmm. crazy stressful. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate that. What kind of tools can risk managers capitalize upon to provide effective messaging in this environment, would you say? Going back to the items that will uh, be really at the focus of risk management, we'll really need to be able to, in these unprecedented times, really be able to maintain, first of all, the foundations of identifying risk and managing risk. We'll need to be able to provide effective communications to the board that says that risk should be a part of strategy now. It, I've read a lot of board and strategic plans from places, uh, a lot of different areas, and rarely is the term risk or even risk management included in that. I believe that having a strategy also includes what are the pitfalls that occurred could occur as well as those opportunities that may occur or enterprise risk ideas that may occur or strategic enterprise risk ideas. So we must hopefully be be ready to answer those questions. So from that standpoint, using your fundamentals of identifying risk, and as Peter Drucker said, in business schools across the, the country and the world, if you cannot count it, you cannot improve it. So with the numbers that we're tracking and we're finding, continue to pay attention to the discipline of analyzing those numbers and your metrics and being able to drive your message with the backup of those numbers. We also are going to see certainly changes in the marketplace. We'll see a continued increase in my mind's eye of increased premiums for some time. And also your brokerages are being stressed because there are different areas, particularly if you've got a broker that focuses on smaller entities Restaurants, small businesses are going under, and unfortunately, that's having an impact on the staffing of some of the smaller brokerage firms. So you may find yourself having to put more work up front from your own area or finding resources to help you with that. So there's going to be the market. There's going to be the strategy and being able to manage strategic risk for your board, um, doing the high level You don't have to, with respect to all the great work that's done on a ERM, I found that having a combination of the high-level strategic risk so you can get something in front of your board and let them know you're paying attention and monitoring that at all times is very important. You don't have to go to the the deep dive on each of those risks right away, but they need to know what the high level is and that you're managing it, and you need to be able to get back to them with we've addressed A, B, or C. My guess, again, is that business continuity is going to be one of the highlights. In addition to that, some of the other tools, again, knowing your your numbers, knowing your message in terms of strategic risk, knowing what the market is going to do, and then being able to apply your numbers to an actuarial report that can help you really fine-tune and budget what your losses will be in future year. From there, I think you can build a good package to go to the board 
and be prepared to answer many of the questions that they have. And last but not least on this, the risks that were there prior to COVID are still there. So don't lose your eye on the other risks and all the other good work that you've done over the years. You have to continue to manage that in some way or another. And I know that's uh, putting a lot on many people. My hat's off to all the hard work that risk managers have been doing. Yeah, thanks for that, Ellen. I know we've been preparing for the broker panel that we're hosting on the on September 23rd, where we have representatives from Aon and Gallagher and Marsh and then Fred C. Church and our affiliates committee that you're a part of helped look at the questions that we wanted the panelists to answer. And I think that's really going to be an interesting session to, to have their high level thoughts on, on what's going on in the market, because it's pretty complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and this has never, you know, really happened before, but I do, I hear what you're saying. I think things are cyclical, so mm-hmm. we will get through this we don't know yes. exactly how long it's going to be, yeah. but, but we will. And then all those other risks are still there. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Back to that. The life of a risk manager. <laughs> and so what do you think, what does the future role of a risk manager look like given what we're learning right now? First of all, be able to communicate at a strategic level to your board and effectively work. If you're not familiar with that, work with your supervisor to help prepare you for those meetings and be on point and concise to always look at doing more with less. Universities, on average, I'm hearing losses are 30 to 40 million, no matter what size you are. So particularly if you're a small to medium sized university, do more with less, be effective and, and keep, it, keep things moving so that your board knows that things are being managed. Third, as you said, we've talked about cybersecurity for a while. I've also been spending a lot of time in the Internet of Things space for the last year. And whether you're working with your researchers, whether you're working with people implementing building uh, digital transformation in your programs or your financial programs or other programs, be prepared to learn, continue to learn be aware of some of those changes going forward because they're coming, they're here, and the better off you are, the better you're prepared to help address a greater digital world, greater artificial intelligence and that sort of thing with an eye on security and an eye on protecting and capitalizing on the data that's collected and the devices that can help your your university, the better off I think you'll be in the future. Yeah, I know you just sent Gary Langsdale and I that chart about proper passwords. And I was going to share it with Rana Papish on our staff because she creates the the most amazing passwords. (laughs) (laughs) That's words to the wise. And I think we've been using passphrases for a long time, which have a different level of complexity, which is good. But yeah, there's a whole scary world out there that we hear about more and more every day in the press. Yeah. And just remember, too, that the human element, your staff, and particularly as you're working more from home, and that probably won't change anytime soon, but making sure that people are securing the privacy data, and that includes paper items, but secure your data, have 16 characters of all different kinds in your password, and that's pretty much unbreakable. But if you have five or 10, it'll be broken through within a couple of years. Yeah, that was a little alarming how quickly you could get through really simple passwords. And mm-hmm. I know I've rethought my own password strategy, but it's hard to manage the million passwords that we all 
I'll have yeah. to, to have every day. So Ellen, I never really, you never, I don't believe you really said, you know, what you're doing right now. Personally, I know you've gone from the institutional side, you were the president of Ermia, and now you're on the affiliate side. Will you speak to that just a little bit? Sure. I've had a lot of fun in risk management and uh, very much appreciate all the opportunities, including those with Ermia and the networking with this group of people. It's a really special group. With that said, I went into consulting two years ago and wanted to apply my skill sets to other industries. So I have worked with international mining, I've worked with some education groups and still working with them and also nonprofits. And then most recently, uh, this Internet of Things group and working with them to get them into some of our research entities. And that is the, really combines some of my experience with the needs in risk management and then being able to apply and develop tools to be able to manage those things better. So we're trying to make your life easier. Um, <laughs> Everybody will welcome that. <laughs> yeah, it combines a little bit of design instinct I have and uh, creativity along with the, the technical that we work with. And then I, I also have been working a lot with startups, some startup people with involved with construction and agriculture and different things. So it's been a lot of fun. That's great. Do you have any closing comments before we, we wrap this up? I would say that, as I've said to a lot, a lot of defensive driving students over the years, <laughs> as risk managers, we have to grow with the changing risks in our environment. And you always keep an open mind to always continually learn and continually learn from others as well, including those students that are working for you. With that, I, I was advising a group of students from Purdue this summer on a project with Rolls-Royce. And it was amazing to hear their thoughts and techniques and learn from them. In order to be effective, we have to continue to learn. So Very good. Thank you so much for being my guest Thank you. today. Take good care. And I know I'll be seeing you online during the virtual conference. Right. Thanks again, Ellen. Thank you for all your hard work and uh, that of the team for the conference coming up. Thanks very much. This is it for Ermia Matters. Thank you. The Ermia Matters podcast is brought to you by the University Risk Management and Insurance Association. You can find and subscribe to the podcast on any podcast app. And while you're there, we'd appreciate it if you'd give us a five-star review. And be sure to visit www.ermia.org. That's www.urmia.org to check out our wealth of online resources. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.